It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L. D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. Today we had, I read something where they called her the, they say instead of divine, they call her the, the diva. But we're going to call her the queen of Shalim. That's what they call me. The queen of the east. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kowtai. Thank you. And I feel honored that you allowed me to come here and do this podcast today. So we thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Thank and you. What, what we want to do, pleasure. I want you to tell your story. I want to give you your history. You're still a young lady. And you've been, but you've done a lot of great things here in the city of New Orleans, and still doing great things. You are a sculptor. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm an artist, and I, my main concentration is sculpture. But uh, I, I do, you know, as as a, um, a university student, I guess you've been trained in all these different areas: printmaking, painting, um, sculpture. Yeah, design courses. So you've given, been given so much type, so many different types of experiences in the university. And so by the time I've gone on to graduate school, I was able to select which one that I gravitated toward and which was wind up being sculpture. Um, now my teacher was um, Professor John Scott. Great. The great Professor John not, Scott. Not just John Scott. The, <laughs> the great, great Professor John Scott. At the University of Xavier David University, in Xavier University in New Orleans, and um, and he was a sculptor. So I don't know if that was an influence or not, but definitely it, it was. It was great to be able to have somebody who had understanding of three dimensional thinking, and that is basically what is for me what is taught in the universities: three dimensional thinking, or just thinking about seeing things and not just looking at something, actually observing it from all views or perspectives. And, and that's even in, in painting, because even when you're doing a, a, a drawing, when you learn it, when you're doing a drawing, you're still creating illusions. You're not actually creating something that is real. It's a picture of something else. Right. So you're kind of creating an illusion yeah. of something. Illusion, so it's all three-dimensional. Right, right. Like. Now, now, let's dude, go let, back. Let's regress. Let's regress. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's g- give me a little bit about your upbringing, where you grew up at. And- Woo! Um, well, I'm, I'm I'm from New Orleans. Uh, I'm from New Orleans. I've I've lived in different areas of New Orleans. Eighth uh, Ward, which is like Franklin Avenue area. I went to a school called John A. Shaw, and a lot of my schools are now apartments or something. Or, you know, yeah, they're they're kind of changing things around. So I grew up in the, in that area, St. Rock area. Then from there we moved. We moved a lot. I was with my, my mom is, was our main caretaker. So she, we moved around often. How many sisters and brothers? A one sister, one brother. Okay. Yeah, I was, we, I was the youngest of three and we're stair steps. Okay. So we're bam, bam, bam. And, and they still, are they still around? They're in Houston now. They're in Houston, They're in okay. Houston did, yeah. Did Katrina ran into Houston? Uh, my brother left first. He left years before us. Okay. And then he was in California. And then my sister, after Katrina, we all went to uh, Hurricane Katrina, we all went to um, Houston, and my sister stayed there. I went to Georgia with my family. Um, what part of Georgia? 
Marietta. Marietta okay. Yeah, Marietta. So we did our research first. So, you know, if you're going to move to somewhere, you know, you got to make sure it's a good fit for your family. So we did our research, and Marietta seemed to be a great place to be for our kids. Um, had a good education in Marietta. And wherever you move, you have to go to school in that district. So we picked our district and our school at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, how, how long did y'all live there? Two years. Yeah. Two years, yeah. Yeah. My um, then husband uh, really wanted to come back to New Orleans. I wasn't too particular at the time. <laughs> I was like, you know, because I'm looking at the news, and the news is not giving us any signs like, hey, come back and help us rebuild. When Ray, when Ray Megan was at the time, was asking everybody to come back? Yeah, he was, but the things that they were showing on television were what scary. Right. Yeah, yeah. He wanted us to come back and rebuild, but um, the things we were seeing, you know, we weren't, it didn't seem safe. No, I, I came, I rode through New Orleans several times at that time, and it was an eerie feeling. Right. Oh, especially right after. I came yeah. two months later, I think, and the grounds were, everything was gray. It's like the mud that had been swirling around when I came. So it was probably one month later. Okay. Everything was just gray and the ground was gray and the houses were gray because the dirt was still on them. And it was it was eerie. There were no squirrels, no birds, no, no stray cats, nothing. You know, everything had been just washed and, and drying on the surface. I, I guess if you're a cat lover, that's why you say cat, you can say dogs. <laughs> I guess now, huh? <laughs> and yeah, it was eerie, and trash was piled um, at that time. Trash, not not so much in the city, but in further as we were coming into the city, there was lots of piles of people just cleaning out their businesses, and the trash was high because the big trucks were coming by and just picking things up and putting it in the back of the right. truck and dumping it somewhere. Yeah, they, they was they was getting it out. If you was sitting outside the road, they was going. It, it was gone. Yeah, yeah okay. they, the the things, the rubbish was taller than the buildings they came from. It's like wow, it was really. So that that was no there was no reason for you to come back here at the time. Ah, uh, no, there was yeah, and they, in fact there was there was no light. You had to be here and out by dark. If you oh, right. if you had any um, good sense, you would try to move before the sun went down. Right. You kind of remember that movie that Will Smith played in, say, I'm a legend. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, of, the things come out at night. Yeah, like, it was, it was just a, it was a different feeling. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so. Unfortunately, the National Guards had cleared the streets and everything. So the streets were clear. So the aftermath that I saw was after they had cleaned up the, the real mess. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like have to go dodging through things. It was just driving down the street. The streets were clear. They had already done all that. But there were still wires and street poles that were laying down simultaneously. It built 20 of them, especially down Haynes, because it was that's that's one of the only I mean, from New Orleans East. And all of our electricity is underground, with exception of Haynes, because Haynes is the oldest street. So all those wires, T wires were hanging down like that. And um, they were just on the ground. So that's why they weren't able to really pick up the electricity right away. And that's amazing. That's that's almost seventeen, almost seventeen years ago. I know, isn't it something? That's separate. And just y'all just. We need to keep track of those Katrina yeah. babies. See how they're doing. <laughs> now you say now what high school you went to? You didn't get. I went to Kennedy High School, uh, John F. Kennedy High School, um, is John which F. is John F. Kennedy still here? It is a lot. It is flattened now. Oh, you say a lot. A lot. It's empty. It's a feel. It's a flat feel now. So people go there to practice football on the ground. So, so we have, we still have our reunions there. They took all the history. 
Oh, they did already. Oh, yeah, they didn't remove the history. Right. It, it had a lot of damage during the storm, mm -hmm. but it was definitely not. I don't think it needed to be torn down. I think that was a move of um, keeping the people who were there out of that area because it was it was it had become a, a black school, um, predominantly black school. So oh, it wasn't when you was in school. It was when I was there, okay. but before me, uh, maybe 15, 20 years before me, David Duke was the uh, was a uh, was a uh, student there, David and Duke. then it was predominantly white school. Uh, uh, David Duke was a student. I didn't know he was up here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. All right. No. 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 So, yeah. So, you went to the same school David Duke went yeah, to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to <laughs> so, Duke. So, you got, you got some history there. <laughs> they've, they've named a new school Kennedy now. Uh, a new school that they built nearby. And then it was, it was formerly named um, Lake Area, but now it's um, John F. Kennedy. So, we still have our reunions and we invite the new, new school that is now John F. Kennedy, the new students. So they've been John F. Kennedy about three or four years, I think. So we're all cougars. All right, all right, yeah. Miss Miss. I, I'm talking we're to cougars. D you Cougar know, here, though. We always love their high schools. <laughs> I'm talking to D Cougar. We love Cougar. our high schools. At least my generation. I don't know about this new generation. It's different. What do you love about New Orleans? What do I love about New Orleans? Ah, I guess I, I would say the um, hospitality of New Orleans. Even 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 that is changing. You know, things change. Uh, the way the community changes. Um, uh, I'm like, I live in an area that is a really nice area, but there is not as much people coming together as, as uh, we would to like be. to, the way they used to, yeah. yeah. You know, we used to really, the kids used to go outside. I moved in this area so my child, my children can go outside and run and find friends. But by the time we came back in from Georgia, they were at an age where they didn't really want to go out in the sun. <laughs> you know, oh, it's like, oh, it's hot. You know, and, and then the computer games came out. So it was, they made it convenient to stay in your house. Opposed to, you know, the way we used to go out and play football, horseshoes. Football. You know, football on the street. You used to play football. I sure did. We had a team, the Durgeon Wall Dragons. It was an all-ladies team. Yeah. You had a team back then. And we used to go and play it. That's when I was living in the lower ninth ward. It was yeah. What position you play? Uh, I love receiving, but I can quarterback as well. Oh, so. oh, oh you want to be in control? You can throw it or catch it. So long I was on the field, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to play. So you had pretty good speed? Uh, yeah. You, you didn't run track then? Uh, I did I, I, I did just about any sport, all the sports that we had available. So I um, basketball, volleyball, tennis, track, shot put, discus, so long just, jump. What, what, what drew you into sports? <laughs> just a natural it's natural for me to just to, to play sports um hand-eye coordination i think it had always been um a part of the things that i it was just a natural thing for me i i feel that it's natural but you know i'm sure it was uh, also just by doing it, it made it cultivated it even more so when we were kids in school elementary school all the, the pe classes all had activities and we all did uh sports so, so you, so, so that's how you kind of saw what you was pretty good in. Oh, uh, I just, I then? just did it, you know, and I did it well. Yeah, I don't remember, you know, hard edge practicing anything uh, until I actually had. I think one of my first coaches was like Carlos, and that was uh, junior high school, and we were playing basketball for um, St. Davis, and that's in the Lower Ninth Ward in New Orleans. 
and we went on to win a championship. That was our first year playing. Chip won the championship and the first year. And we won year. a championship. Yeah, and we beat a school, St. Dominic. <laughs> we beat a school that had been winning for like the last 10 years, every year. And what school and we was this? Basketball. Your first year. Our first year. Basketball team. Basketball team. He had gotten that. He was a good coach. He was a great coach. We enjoyed that. You know, he really taught me some fundamentals that I used in college because I played college basketball. You played college basketball. I played college basketball. Yes, I did. At Xavier. Xavier University. Sure did. And mm. we went on. We won. Uh, we didn't win district. We won. Yeah, we won district. We didn't win state. I think when I was in playing. You know, we had All-American on the so team. So at Kennedy High School, y'all won y'all. Ken Kennedy High School, no, we did not win at Kennedy okay, High School. Where, where, what high school was this then? Oh, no, it wasn't a high school. It was a uh, CYO team. Oh, oh CYO. Oh, yeah, it was, okay, CYO, it was junior high school. Uh, okay, then. It was before before high school because after one started high school, there was no more, like, side games. Now, you, you grew up in the Catholic Church? The most people around here Catholic and knew all this. Oh, really? <laughs> like you don't know. I think that's, I think. I think that's mostly uptown. Maybe mm -hmm. the seventh ward up there. I think downtown is mostly Baptist and spiritual oh, type yeah, churches or non-denominational. Most, most of my friends from New Orleans, most of them are Catholic. Really? So you know, my Catholic. and my grandparents, my grandparents were um, now, original Catholics. Now, now, who are they? Give me some names. Uh, they were, um, they lived in Punch and Train Park. And she was Hester Jones, and he was Thomas Jones, and um, they had 12 children. And my oh, father was okay. maybe number five, I think. He was number five, yeah, now, of now, the 12. Now, now, it was Hester Jones and uh, Thomas Jones. Were they from Mississippi? Yes, as a matter of fact. No, I my, well, I think one was from Mississippi. My, my grandmother was from Mississippi. Uh, and she used to talk about when she was a kid, and they used to walk up the, you know, the dark streets with their lanterns, and if they hear the noise, they blow them out to make sure that they, you know, don't get bothered oh, with, okay. the, you know, so and then light what, it again. What part of Mississippi do you know? No, I don't. You, you, no, you. I know. You don't do your historical. I don't. You got a scholarship for a basketball? Scholarship, basketball scholarship, yeah. And what position you played in basketball? I was, a, uh, I was a guard, second guard. In high school, I was a forward. So, you know, I was... I was say, you're pretty tall to be a guard That's what I said. That's what I said, you know. But I was a... But you, once, you, you, so you the, the once you get to college, I'm short. Oh, all right. So, it, yeah, uh, it switched it balanced up. balanced out Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but nevertheless, my training in high school as a, as a forward... I still know how to work it and how to make that happen. So I wind up being the most defensive player, was the elected most defensive player. Oh, no. And then also I had like the highest rebounds. I always had triple digits like rebounds, free throws and uh, uh, shots. Yeah. So and still. Oh, hold on now. So you, yeah. you, you tell me you, you was an athlete. <laughs> that, you, you said you was an athlete. Was? <laughs> was? You still I still play. I still play. I still, I still play basketball. You, you look like there, you there's do a, look there, good. <laughs> there's a team of um that we play in one of our schools in New Orleans East, and a bunch of adults get together and we play uh, half court, five you, on five or four on four you basketball. You men and women mixed teams. Yeah, but I, but mostly I play tennis. Play yeah, we tennis? play tennis. We we try to play three days a week. That's I'm kind of down to one because of my schedule. But, you know, when we play, we play long, long days and, you know, very fit. So, you know, the group is really great because they get to move, you know, and that's a lot right. of what you don't get a chance to see anymore is um, people over the age of 50. Uh, well, most of them are over 50 and, uh, and they're moving. Uh, we, I think our youngest is probably about 40 now. 
because some of them moved away. The young people kind of moved mm -hmm. out of the city. So is it, it's a little group or it's an organization? Uh, no, we just invite people. Hey, you want to play me? We're over here. We used to play at Joe Brown Park, but uh, the city has kind of changed up the way we, we play uh, in the hours yeah, that Joe are Brown. not conducive for just everybody coming when they can come. So okay. now it's kind of locked in. They stop playing at four and we'll play until the sun goes down, you know. Or even when the lights, we turn the lights on at Joe Brown. But now they have, they've had so many different restrictions. So it's kind of, it wasn't conducive for us to continue playing there and be able to do it the way we enjoy doing it. But, that's, but you stay active. Oh, I stay active. Yes, we love it. And now you are... We uh, love it. So now you end up going to Xavier on a basketball, basketball scholarship. scholarship. Yeah. Now where the artistic aspect of... Shaleen, how did that come about? Well, you know, I, I've always won, I always thought I would be a, um, an architect. I always oh. wanted to be an architect. Um, I didn't make any plans of being an architect. I just said that's what I wanted to do. Um, because I had woodworking in junior high school, um, we had a lot of we had woodworking, we had design classes, we had drafting classes, all these things that are not offered anymore for, um, for high schools, at a regular public high schools or charter high schools. These things aren't offered anymore. Um, so, but what that did, uh, by the time it was time for me to go to college, I had pretty had a good foundation that I can start building on, a, opposed to going in there and trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I like to do or what is it I enjoy? Because I haven't picked anything. But when I went, I'd already picked. I've, I've made furniture by the time I've gone there. I've received design um, awards for the class. Things that you don't think about you're getting because you're just doing it because you love it, you enjoy it. And then somebody gives you an award at the end of the year and say, hey, great job. I'm like, really? It was that good? My eyes were down here. I was just looking. You know, you're just doing what you love to do. Right. And, uh, you know, and the, the prizes come after, you know. But, but uh, so, yeah, that's how I want. So I wound up going to Xavier. Xavier offered me a scholarship, which was absolutely life-changing. You know, it's one of those things that that's one of my life changes as Xavier offered me a scholarship because I wasn't really thinking about college. I was excited to graduate from high school. I was like, wow, I'm graduating high school. So, so basketball was like you and you enjoyed playing it, mm -hmm. but you didn't think you would get a basketball scholarship. No, For no. Mm -mm. I almost went to NOCA. NOCA was an art school. But it didn't offer. I couldn't get back to play sports Noka, after. Noka in New York. Noka in New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans oh, School oh, New Orleans. of yeah, Noka, Contemporary. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. I forgot, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't go there because they didn't have transportation to get me back to play sports. So oh. I decided to stay in in my public school system, and that turned out to be great because then I received a scholarship for playing basketball. I don't know if I'd have gotten a scholarship for, for making art in the art school, but I definitely got a full ride of five years in um, college. And the reason why it's five years is because I, my first year, I actually didn't take any art classes. I was just taking my minor, which was um, sociology, because I, then it was the first time that I questioned whether or not I wanted to be an artist or if I wanted to study art because other people didn't understand it. And they would say, what are you going to do with that? And nobody ever asked me that. So I didn't have an answer. So I was like, oh, well. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just, so I just was taking my, my minor until I figured it out. And then s someone came to the um, dormitory where we were staying. She had her sculpture and I thought it was nice. And she said, oh, you should come and visit the art department and meet Professor John Scott. 
I said, okay, let me go over there. <laughs> Who was John Scott at the time? No one to me. I didn't know had had a clue. But um, no, but after that meet, uh, they couldn't kick me out the art department. I mean, we used to. I used to leave the art department with my tackle box two o'clock in the morning, because we used to all oh, we used to love just hanging out there and making work together and talking and drinking our coffee to finish it all. You know. And he and he exposed y'all to a whole lot more. Yes, uh, he was a it's, a. it's a small university, a small so it's intimate learning. Uh, we have maybe five teachers. I think now we have more, but he was the main teacher. He taught each one. He taught a sculpture class. He taught a few drawing classes. He taught the painting class if he could design whatever he can get his hands in there and, and get a chance to teach us. He really wanted to be able to make that imprint on us. Unfortunately, I was, since I had missed that whole first year, I was on a different kind of a track. I was a little bit behind the ones who had gone, that the track who I was supposed to be on. So I didn't always get him as my teacher for a lot of the subjects, but I did get him for sculpture. He was the only sculpture teacher. So I had a chance to sculpture and drawing. So I had a chance to have him a lot. Uh, um, and when I didn't have him, he was always around. So you can watch him create his work and um, be a part of that and listen to him talk to other people. And he invited other artists in to speak to us. So, so when you got to Xavier, <clears throat> you, was, you wasn't thinking of arts. You were thinking more about in engineering. Architecture. Yeah, yeah, architecture, yes. And that's because I had a design class. I had a drafting design in class, I think. Yes, and I, I did woodworking when I was in junior high school. So it's always three-dimensionally building something. Wait, so something about that you, because when it gave you an award, maybe you said that's what mm, No, I, that, the award was just an end result of me enjoying what I'd love to do, mm. what I was uh, enjoying doing. And, and But once I got to Xavier and they didn't have it, then I just, you know, just now, now rolled over to art. I said, I also read where you and you as a child used to play at the mud. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> okay, they call them mud pies. <laughs> did it, did it taste mud pretty, pretty tasty? We didn't eat the mud <laughs> right, pies. Right, right, we didn't right, eat the right, mud right, pies. Right. I'll never say yes <laughs> to that because that'll be your forever. <laughs> I know how that is. <laughs> but we used to take the, you know, the citrines when it rained outside. You know, that's the days we had. We, said we didn't have a lot of grass. We had right. mud, dirt because we actually played on the grass. So the grass would get all worn out. And so when it rained, you get piles of mud, you know, so you can take that mud and, and make things out of that mud. And sometimes we make a pie and lay it there. And by the time the sun dry it, it's a cracked up pie, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you got a pie, you wanna so be some recycling. Who, who you would do this with your, your brother and sisters or some other friends? I, I think I played a lot alone. I think I did a lot of things by myself. Um, my sister was not a mud girl. She did not understand that at all. So it didn't bother you to get in the mud? Didn't bother me at all. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I'm my own. Yeah, my brother and sister were older, you know, one, two, okay. three. That's why I was the youngest of them. So, and they were more alike. They did their little things. So we all had our little separate friends, but you know, I, I was fine by myself and I was fine with my friends. So, so but you would, you would, when it rained, you look forward to going sitting out there and playing in the mud. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a good time there. You can get the... <laughs> you can get the mix out. It's like, oh, my God. You go inside filthy. It, it, but, it washes off. It's okay. <laughs> but, so, now, doing the mud pies and just other little designs. Mm-hmm. Just something about you had a feel for that or just 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 being in the mud? Just to, I don't know. Just the feel of that. What was it? I don't know. Um, 
it didn't feel foreign to me. It just was, uh, you know, maybe what, you know, what I'm, I'm pretty sure I could imagine myself watching it squeeze between my fingers and, you know, making a new form when it comes out and, and, and putting it together and cleaning it up and putting it on the side and waiting for it when you come back. You know, by the time you came back, it was dried up. You had lost interest in it because it wasn't as interesting once it was dry. So, you know, you drop you it back do down. Yeah, yeah do it's done. You know, it had, had gone for full circle and you dump it back down and wait for another rainy day. Now, you know? was there ditches nearby? We, yeah, we had gutters back then. We had actual gutters where tap holes used to, you know, carry, you know, to get the tap hole. You know, because when it rained then, you couldn't park too close to the sidewalk. Like now we go up right on the sidewalk. Yeah. Then we had maybe a narrow two street, um, two way passing. And there was always a gutter. Then we used to get out. Oh, you about to give me a new story. <laughs> yeah, let me hear about that. We used to, used to get out of tap holes. Remember the tap holes? Oh, I do. I yeah, so we had gutters with water and we used to take our jar and go down there and grab the tap holes and, and keep them for yourself and watch them develop into uh, um, little, little, to little frogs. frogs yeah. yeah. And that's why we used to have lots of frogs back then because we had places for them to develop. Whereas now we have um, concrete run to concrete now and the water all flows down the gutter. And that's, that's, I think that's a lot of what they're trying to change now is because we're losing a lot of water and the ground underneath the concrete is drying up, which is causing these sinkholes mm. to, to develop everywhere because we get swelling and then contraction and it's just on and on and now we're getting sinkholes everywhere. Then it's so dry like right Right, because the water's not right. staying on the ground. I do have some traumatic experience <laughs> with kids and, and animals. I've always kind of was hand soft with uh, animals and, and insects and stuff like that. Yeah, I met this one guy, he would catch these dragonflies and paper clip them to the clothesline. We do the same and thing. And then pluck their heads off. No, we I was like, what is this? We wouldn't pluck their heads off. You know, on. I couldn't play with him anymore. He was he was cut <laughs> we, off. We were just leaving in a bird come get him. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Uh, <laughs> so we wouldn't mean. We just leave that a bird would come get I have a lot of cats around here, and I'm upset with the things that they do with the insects. I'm like, what are you doing to the lizard? What are you doing here? They'll catch the dragonfly, and they're watching, wiggling his mouth. And then just let them loose and then catch them again. Say, <laughs> so, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, 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 so everybody like they have fun. Even oh cat when they have God, fun. Oh, my God, yeah. You oh. take this too serious. It really, I think I do. Mm. No, we got past the animal. Well, you know, okay. You know, mm. you know, delicious mud pies. Mm. How old were you when you were making make your mud pies? I'm going to make you one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like sweet potatoes. <laughs> mud. We're going to do mud. <laughs> I like sweet potatoes. I'll, I'll, paint, it, I'll paint it the color yeah, of sweet potato. <laughs> so, so, so you, you're a loner? Oh, uh, Yes. I am. My daughter says yes. Yeah, she says so yes, she's alone. She doesn't mind being alone. She enjoys her. Um, you know, I enjoy the the time that I because I have a garden in the backyard. Spread out. Well, Neil, you got to bring me to the garden before I leave today. Okay? <laughs> That's your response. Yeah. That's your job. Right? So yeah, you know. So you know, I enjoy doing a lot of things, and uh, uh, sometimes those things like I enjoy playing tennis. So it's my mm -hmm. exercise time. I enjoy being in the garden. You Maintenance enjoy, around you, the house. You enjoy being a mom. You did a great. I got a wonderful <laughs> daughter here. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I better leave that one alone, Nia. I, I, I need to move forward now. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy it. I enjoyed being a mom. Now that was that a, was a good time. You have a son and a daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my daughter is Nia Gason. She's uh she's a uh, she's an artist in her own right, and she loves to create uh, computers. 
computer creating, and but she also mm. is a writer, poet. She's um uh, she's done a few um like poetry slams around the city, so we, you know, she enjoys that. And my son is uh, Imani Pittman, and he enjoys culinary arts. So he's a he's a he's a vegan and he cooks vegan foods, but he works in different types of restaurants. So he cooks different types of food, but he but his love is in um, vegan foods. Uh, so he's also doing a garden and and uh, he wants to go back to school for uh, horticulture. So from your your childhood, you you was the youngest of three. Yes. Uh, you did much older than you. I don't know. We're all right there, right right, right next to each other. She's Shalita. And my brother is Richard. We call him Dicky. Everybody found their 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 niche or their place in mm, society. Mm. Yes. Or, or, or yes. Well, my my sister became a, a cosmetologist, uh, a hair designer. She does mostly natural hair. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said hair designer, not just. Well, right. I would say she does locks, and I say design because usually she she has these wonderful designs that she uh, creates in so, people's hair. It's called uh, Florida Lease uh, Salons, I think it's called. For her Florida name, Florida Lease. Yeah, she did the Florida Lease. Oh, okay. um, Florida Lease Design. I'm where, not sure. Where, where's that located? Florida Lease Salon, and it's in Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, so she's Shalitha Raymond. So if you look that up. Yeah, spelled with S H E L E T H A. Okay. Now that, that sounds like to me your sister also got a little creativity about her too. Yes. Um, she just used hair. Right, right. On my, my father's side, it seems to be the most creative side. Um, um, so a lot of folks, we have a lot of hair designers and yeah. Right, your so brother is, is Richard. Richard Jones. Where, where Richard is located? Uh, he's in Houston as well. Oh, yeah, they live near by each other. Um, that's where he left New York, I mean California. Right, came Houston. right. After Katrina. And okay. um, so I have a large group of family there now in Houston. Now let's mm. kind of fast forward. Let's get to your who? Shalene. You had a make Miller May? Patrice. Shalene <laughs> Patrice Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Shalene Patrice Jones. Yes. What, Jones, your maiden name? Yes. Right. Yes, yeah. So now you have or is a renowned artist, sculpture in the New Orleans area. Yes. How long has it been? Uh, I've been doing sculptures, public sculptures, about 25 years. I swear, 25 years. Mm -hmm. But they got about six or seven major sculptures in the city of New Orleans. Yes. And you've done all of them. <laughs> well, I've, yes, I've done um, five sculptures so in five. the city. Yes. Okay, now, now who are those sculptures? Oh, they, just, oh. they just had an unveiling, not unveiling, a rededication. Right, we just had a rededication. They just revitalized um, AP Turo, the attorney AP Turo's uh, sculpture area, the design around it, which is gorgeous. It's well, absolutely beautiful now. That's why I was coming because my, my friend, my best friend and partner did the landscaping. Mm. So he came from Baton Rouge every day to do the landscape. Oh, really? And the day of the event, they messed it up. I know. <laughs> I, by the time I arrived there for the event, they had cleaned everything up, but they were hosing down the sidewalk. And I was like, that's strange to hose it down right before. And then I found out that some people came by and vandalized the whole area, the pulled the plants out and threw them in different places. What happened was interesting that while... After I found out what happened, well, before I found out that it had been vandalized, I was going to um, my vehicle and a woman passed by, like she's an old resident of New Orleans, and then she was um, 
she she made a comment. She said, "Strange that the mayor should spend all this money on on uh, on this work here when we got so many other problems in the city." I was like, "Oh, you know." But I ran into that same issue when I was when we were also installing another piece. A woman came up to me and said the same thing. Why would they spend all this money on this when there's uh, so many other things going on? And I was like, "Well, Miss." Um, you know, this money was put up by this community to be able to create, erect, erect this sculpture. And the reason why they chose to erect this sculpture is because of what this man has done for the community and for a larger, even larger than that. There's so many other things. I didn't tell her all this, but this is some kind of a mix of what I told both of these women. This money that, that the city did put up is money that was designated for the arts. And you can't take arts money and fix potholes. You can't take pothole money and fix trees. You can't take tree money and make a sculpture. So she used the money that is designated for the arts to create, to um, fund the beautification of New Orleans. She's, I don't know if she understood me, but she went on no, about her she, business. She wanted, yeah. to, she wanted to make up prank. Right, right. Then, I didn't get on that soapbox with her. I got on and, a different and, box. And, and, and you're talking about a great man who's done so much so for much, the, the yeah. city and the state. In the country. Right. But that just goes on to say that the education, um, um, lots of people don't know what's going on. Our kids aren't being taught the history of the city and the contributions people have made to make these to right the wrongs that had been done in the past. And our kids need to know these things. And that's a part of that information that they want to teach the kids now that is being blocked. Um, they want to teach them why slavery lasted so long, but people don't want to know the why. It's not because these people who were doing the work were the weak people. It's because there are obstacles that were put in front of them that had to be torn down, like people such as, um, this is the, the maquette of, um, behind me of um, um, AP Turo. It's the miniature design that to, uh, for that. Um, so for people like him and then also the person who followed behind him, which was whose sculpture that I created, uh, was the Reverend Avery Alexander. That's my man. Then. That's the man. That's my main man. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, main, uh, and, and it, a lot of the history that I learned was I was learning it while I was creating these pieces because the oh. information wasn't taught to me prior to it. So not having that history is a lot to do with why our kids aren't progressing the way that they should because if you can keep that information from them then you can tell them who they are opposed mm. to them making those steps um to go forward on their own and and, do, and build from that platform that was already set for them opposed to starting down here or starting over here and not understanding the connection between where they're supposed to be they're supposed to be starting from here not from here now tell us who ap Turo is A.P. Turo was a, uh, he was a civil rights lawyer who fought for equal housing um, for uh, everybody, everybody basically, but mainly us because we were the ones who were being discriminated against for having moving into particular neighborhoods, um, asking for certain rights while living in someone else's residence, um, if, uh, education, uh, especially uh, education. He actually used his son, I believe, to go to Tulane University because he was denied entry because of his race. So that gave him a platform in which to fuss, uh, to go to court on. He, he did all his fighting in the courthouse. He believed in, um, you know, you have to go through the law and change the laws to make these happen. Well, you know where AP Turo went to school And AP, first? where? LSU. 
He went to LSU. Yeah, they, 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 you know, that's what the problem. Ah. Matter of fact, to this day, they name a, they name a building after AP Turo and LSU campus. Mm. They Isn't got that a, something? Yeah, they got an AP Turo organization at LSU. Really? Yeah, so there's a lot of history on AP mm. Turo and his son, you know. But his mm, son went yeah. to LSU, but he ended up leaving. I think he's in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was at the, he was there. He, oh, kept, he was there. He, he comes out about six times a year mm -hmm. to visit, and uh, so that's good. He looks good. The, fam the whole family was there. They look really good. I was so yeah. happy to see them, them all there. And they found some new members of the family. Oh, yeah, yeah. the other folks. Yeah. That's, that's the, the thing I sent you the other day, the River Road African American Museum. Mm -hmm. She was one of the ones who helped make that happen. Oh, really? Yeah, they done, they done a, another DNA. Piece in yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the other, the other two rows of white people. Yeah. Uh, Carolina, I think. I, I, I think it was Carolina. Carolina? Where she was from? I don't know. I know that the sister, I think one of their sisters, or AP Turo's sister, left. I think it was AP Turo's sister. One of his sisters left and, um, you know, went away and, and was passing for white. Oh, and they had okay. a whole generation there. And they just found out. And so they came down and we made, we met them. They were there at the, because they had, they decided to have a family reunion. They had a family reunion. So they made that dedication happen sooner of the piece. So while the um, family reunion was going on, so they have a chance to be a part of that whole, um, okay, uh, yeah, celebration. Now, now, now you, your, your sculpture, now, now tell us about the sculpture that you did of AP Turo with the, him walking through uh -huh. Gates of opening up the gates of opportunity is the name of the piece, um, and that that uh, actually came from his daughter Carol, and it was my first piece, public artwork. Now, now how did you get in the uh, mix of that? I know, I know. That's a beautiful. Now, what year was that? That was in '96. Look at my daughter, like what? But you're no, still 96, a young lady. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're just getting started. Right, right. I was a couple of years out of graduate school. He went to graduate school at you know, Florida State. So he went to Florida State. Florida for, State. For, for how did you end up at Florida State? After leaving Xavier, I took a year off. I am, as they call it now, a skip year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was at working at Wendy's, <laughs> skip year. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Pat O'Brien's in the French Quarter. But uh, So I took a year off, and, and I was still going to Xavier and working in the studios or having conversations or whatnot. And uh, they were like, okay, it's time for you to go to graduate school, you know. So, I, again, that was not something I was thinking about. I, I wasn't sure what the next step would be for me. But it says, time for you to go to graduate school. So we started looking at schools and, and, and applied. And we knew that there was a teacher there, Ed Love, uh, Professor Ed Love. And uh, John Scott thought that would be a good person for me to work with. So we, um, we made that happen. So, you know, so we just he, applied. So he saw your gift. I don't know. Oh, he yeah. saw my work. I applied to two places, uh, Michigan, which is where John Scott graduated, and then um, Florida State. And so I'm a New Orleans girl, and we have a particular temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so Michigan <laughs> so called so first. Warm, 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 oh my warm, warm God, climate, Michigan called first. And I said, oh, thank you. Can I call you back in two hours? Because Florida State had called me and said, uh, we'll call you back in two hours to let you know how much, you know, the results, whether or not you can, we give you a scholarship or not. 
So I said, can I call you back in two hours to Michigan? So, so it was it, like, it, oh, it was okay. The temperature. It, was, it was the money was calculated then. Right? Yeah. No, it was the temperature. Oh, my God. <laughs> you calculate them dollars. Oh, Lord. Yeah. But uh, so that's how I wound up at Florida State. And uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the freedom of just doing your work for two years, um, finding out what's your work, what, what can you do uh, with all the skills you already have. I went there already with a toolbox full of understanding of how to construct things. But what I needed was how to create concepts of construction, you know, what a, a large body of work, um, basically something that's kind of running on the same stream. And so I spent the first um, month sitting in a chair, a nice little comfortable chair, just thinking and looking and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, from where I'm going to draw this energy for a visual thing from. And uh, then I wind up coming up with these wonderful pieces that I call community and um, griot. I don't think I have any of them real nearby to look at. In fact, this piece up here, it was a graduate school piece, this large one. Oh, okay. And it was a graduate school piece. And these were the actual sitters. There were, along with these, were eight feet tall now, people you, standing up. What you call this piece? I don't know if I ever had a name for it. Uh, it was among uh, a body of work. It were all pieces of a whole. So, but it was called griot. And griot were, uh, was an African term. And I think people pronounce it differently. It was an African term and uh, keeper of the history. So the tall linear pieces that were like eight feet tall, they were actually the keepers. They were the ones who had the history. And those people represented my family members, my own grandmother and my people like that. And the sitters were actually, that would be me, my generation and generations after me, the ones who were listening to the stories, who then later became the um, keepers of the history like that. So I, I was, my whole storyline was about that and, and trying to keep that going. So that's the body of work I made while I was in Florida State, which was a wonderful part about um, going off to suffer like a residency and having um, that opportunity, that time and space that you're not concerned about all your other little responsibilities and you're just focusing on one thing and building that body of work that helps you to, you know, a platform to start off again. And that's, that's a lot of good information. <laughs> so that's part of your growth and your development into yes. who should lean Jones have become. Yes. And so between between uh, John Scott, Xavier University, <laughs> Florida State, is when you, that's when sculpturing became more of a, of a focus? Probably. Probably. I don't, I don't know why sculpture. And sculpture is not an easy <laughs> material. Uh, it's a three-dimensional. It's, it's not an illusion of um, three-dimensional. But I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy it the, just to be able to work in all these different perspectives. What do you feel like being able to cre create a three-dimension? Really, you bring a four-dimension when you think about it. Because you got to bring it to life. Mm. I think the energy of the people bring it to life. That's the four-dimension. That's the four-dimension. Yeah. You know, if it does something for them. They bring the energy to it, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to draw it out first. How, how do how do you get to that place? Oh, it depends. It depends on you do the research. I guess you, it's the research that you're. It's like the sitting, you the sitting, you sitting now, in your right. Mind through the research. Right, right. What do you want it to look like? What do you want it to do? How you want it to feel? How you want it to feel to yourself? How do you get the others to 
feel what you feel, knowing that they can only you can only go so far with that because people are going to bring their own information to it. I had a wonderful little piece that I created. It was a torso and it was created using all these different segments and pieces put together to make just the top head for the body, not the arm area segmented, just that center body part and creating it in it. I just gave it like a movement that I wanted it to like, like it's almost floating, just moving in space. So I really enjoyed that part of it. But when I had it in an exhibition, a, a woman saw it and she came back to me. She had a tear in her eye. I was like, I didn't know what to expect from her saying she said I saw your piece because she had asked me before and we said oh yeah it's right out there you know da, 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 da. and then she came back and she said I saw your piece she said you know I have cancer and with that I have so many scars on my body but when I look at your piece I see those cuts and those tricks those strikes on the body but it's still so beautiful and saying that's how you make me feel when I look at that. You know, it's it's me and it's still beautiful. So it's like, everybody oh. get their own Right. Everybody brings something to it, you know. But it's interesting what you said. I used to do, and I've done quite a few different things over my life. And one of the key elements, and that must be part of our, as a people in our culture, when you're doing something, you have to be able to feel it. Mm -hmm. we, we, we are people who can feel things. Mm -hmm. We can see things. We're visionaries. Mm -hmm. We can feel things too, mm -hmm. and that's how your artwork. That's how you bring it to life. Mm -hmm. You got to be the, the energy. It. The energy that you, yeah. Well, you wanted to have a certain. For me, I wanted to project. I want to project a particular feeling when you look at it, even if it's one of that makes you feel better about yourself when you're in the presence of the piece. You know, even if you didn't come in feeling great, uh, you know, or anything else. I want you to feel better at least standing in front of the piece, looking at the piece. I wanted that energy that I put into it to come out and move into you. And then you, well, you, you know, you, you vibrate it out. So that's, you really, really, you have to, it's almost like cooking a, cooking a meal, right? Right. You, you know, know, everybody, you, you know, you, you know, cry when you're cooking, they don't cry when they eat it. I don't care look. When they taste, you, you're looking for a certain kind of reaction, right? Like, oh, oh, you don't like, you don't like it. You don't like it. Hold so, on, let me try it again. Add some more salt. <laughs> try it now. Oh, all right. That's what I wanted you to feel. So that's, that's the same thing with Trey <laughs> Gardner. You, I guess you, You're so. looking for the a reaction mm -hmm. and you looking for that reaction because mm -hmm. you got it like okay right I got it out here it's done now. right so, right so. i mean there are going to be some things that aren't accurate about it, especially when you're dealing with the, the figure and your, your figure is a very complex thing and in those timelines it's easy to get some things off and wrong and you don't realize it until it's in bronze and you can't change it <laughs> you know it's just you got to leave it all the cards on the table and just you know know that this is this is the best i can do at that time and you hope that the next one you can correct some of those mistakes but it's a learning but it's, 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 learning it's a turn a continuous yeah you know yeah. person who writes their first book is not may might be their best book but you know it's a yeah. continuous learning experience no now, now you so you don't you you don't you you have been commissioned to do five sculptures sculptures in yeah. the city of New Orleans, the mm -hmm. great city of New Orleans. That says a lot, mm. all by itself. <clears throat> to do to have five pieces of in bronze over the city. Your next piece was who? Um, the Reverend Avery Alexander. Now tell us about the oh. great Reverend Avery Alexander. Oh, um. My research, well, he and um, 
he and AP Turo were, were good friends. They, they, were, they did the same work on two different sides of the coin. You know, Turo did his work in the courthouse and um, Reverend Avery Alexander, who was the second sculpture that I created, he was actually at the memorial service and the um, unveiling, unveiling of the AP Turo sculpture. Ooh. So he was actually there. And then I turned around and, and created him in, in the sculpture. And his sculpture came about, uh, the design for his sculpture was uh, also given to me as a gesture, as um, this is what I want him to do because this was important for him that he point out the people who were doing injustices. And so he was pointing at City Hall. <laughs> so here's the location. His site specific spot was direct, supposed to be right pointing at City Hall. But they right moved, now, they moved it. it's moved now. It's moved. They, they it, tore they tore down the state building, uh, and he was okay. a part of the state building project. Uh, okay, so yeah, so they so, moved. So he was pointing at the City Hall. Right? He was pointing at City Hall because it was in City Hall where they dragged him out of a cafe. He was sitting at the cafeteria protesting, and they the police officers dragged him out of uh, City Hall. And not down the stairs, but upstairs to drag him out of this, um, out of the um, cafeteria and out of the building. And a lot of people ask him because he was a tall man, like six two. He was a big man. He was a big man. And he just laid there, let him drag him out, and they said, "Well, why did you allow him to? Why did you allow them to drag you? Why you didn't fight and kick?" He said, "Well, they did works to Jesus." So you know, I was just being pulled up, <laughs> yeah, moved the group, and he just you know, but. The fact that he didn't fight, if he had fought, it would have been a different story that they would have been telling today. You know, they just saw an innocent man being pulled away from a cafeteria from eating. And, and, and most um, people didn't really know what so, was going on anyway. Right. Time. Well, at the time, they would have known. Today, okay. they, you know, they, they, right. they have to read about it, what's going on. And the fact that he wasn't fighting, um, uh, he was. Know. Let me tell you my experience with him since we brought him up. Uh, he was a state representative. So mm -hmm. this this time of the year, or, you know, right. like March, June, he would be in Baton Rouge. And I had a little restaurant in Baton Rouge. <clears throat> and he would come on a regular basis. I'm talking about in the early 90s. He would come by on a regular basis. And so I got to know him as the man. Then one day, what happened is that now he's, he's elder, elderly. Mm -hmm. So he would get out the car, you know, he had that little walk where he dragged his feet mm -hmm. along. And I said, I said, Rev, don't you worry about walking in here. You just blow your horn and somebody going to bring you some food. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, I don't want your money. I'm going to take care of you. Because once I found out mm -hmm. he, who, not, he was. who he was, but not, not just the, his presence was just so powerful. You mm -hmm. know, not just his history and the, what he stood for. <clears throat> and one day he called me. And he said, well, young man, can you come down? My car won't start. So he lived right down the street, right off of LSU campus in this house. So I went down there, got the keys, went out. It wouldn't start. Just needed a battery. So I went to the store, got a battery, can't put the battery in. <clears throat> went to the house. And I was disappointed. I was really hurt. I said, nah, dog, why they got him living like this? I was really, really hurt. This is old raggedy houses. It was owned by Melvin Irvin, a state representative out of Gonzales. And I went, and then uh, he and uh, Melvin and Sherman Copeland come, all of, them, all of them come by the restaurant. So they came by that restaurant one day. I said, man, y'all need to do a better job and take a better care of Reverend Avery Alexander. 
Y'all got him living like that. Roaches was everywhere. I mean, it mm -hmm. hurt. Roaches was in the car. It's like I never seen roaches living in a car. Right? Mm -hmm. So like it, it was a, it was a hurting thing. This is our leader. He, he's a he's a elder now. Y'all y'all need to be looking out for him. And Mavin on the house or like you you know why would you put him in this place like this? And I was disappointed. And he basically wore the same little suit everything. One day he came to the restaurant. And I said, "Real, say I'm come pick you up tomorrow." I said, "For well, what?" I said, "I'm coming to pick you up tomorrow." I picked him up the next day. I brought him to a place called Maison Blanc in Baton Rouge. I brought him five sports courts and five jackets and five five sports courts, five pair of pants and five shirts. I said, because y'all don't want you wearing the same thing every day. You got to represent our community, mm -hmm. and we need to take better care of you. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's the relationship that he and I developed. And where are you from, Franklin? Too? Yeah, Franklin. 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 Because he was somebody that was near, dear, and close. And he came to the restaurant, you know, because I had like red bean and rice, so that's kind of stuff he loved. Mm -hmm. uh, buffalo wings was my, at that time people didn't know what buffalo wings were, so I was doing <laughs> the buffalo wings. And so he and I, anybody who might remember him from back then, I don't remember what the lady named who worked for him, she remembered because she called and thanked me for doing that. But I thought, the black caucus should have been doing that. You know, they should have been taking care of this man. It was, how we not take care of our leader, our community, particularly the elderly, you know. He's still getting around on his own, but, you know, he's, right, he had right. to be in his late 70s, early 80s then. And that was probably 92, I got mm. guess, 91, 92, somewhere up in there. So that's kind of my... You know, since when, when when you bring up Avery Alexander, that's my, right. my connection, and, and just right. he, was, he was a good man. Did they do better afterward? Not really. Mm. You know, he probably lived much longer mm -hmm. after that. Somebody, and, and when you done your first piece, AP Two Row. Uh, AP Two Row is ninety six. Ninety six. So yeah. okay, this so it's ninety seven. So okay, it was like the early nineties when I done this. And he stepped down. He didn't run maybe in 94, maybe. He didn't run again. Mm. And so and I, he lived a little, so it'd be the, he, I don't know, it'd been a while, though. But, no, that was the, he was a good man. And you did a piece, your piece of him, and I saw where also that uh, it's a, he wore, wore a hole in his shoes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You, you yeah. could have designed that with a hole in his shoe, you would have. Right, right. right. Yo, you saw that. <laughs> 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 right, yeah. So they gave me a pair of shoes to, you know, to make sure I put the. I wanted to put the right shoes on them, and they mm -hmm. had a pair. So we used the ones, you know. And that may be a pair of shoes you've gave them. No, no, the ones no. He, he had already walked the hole in them. All right, right? all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were already. No, like, matter of uh, fact, I did. I bought him two pairs of shoes. I forgot about that. Yeah. I bought, when he left out of the base on plum. He left out looking good. And he, <laughs> and he came by on a regular basis for me to see it too. Ah, I wanted I wanted to represent. Mm -hmm. But so that now that was one of your you you knew him as a man or you didn't uh, quite no, know him? No. I knew him, um we were on on a stage together. We were we we were in the picture together, in fact. Um, but at the time I didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. Right. No, Reverend Avery Alexander okay. at AP Two Rose right. uh, dedication of the sculpture. Of the spot, you're right. Now, who, now, who was your next piece you did? Oh, who did I do after that one? Actually, I worked in New Orleans East um, after Katrina, so that was Katrina, um, and uh, that piece in New Orleans East is of a tree, so it's not a person physically. That's one at the hospital. Yes, yeah, at the mm -hmm. hospital. So it's the lowest tree trunk, 
that was inspired by a tree trunk that I saw that um, that was a tree that was growing um, in New Orleans East and it was growing in the wrong spot and somebody they just was chopping it down because it's in front there you know wherever they needed they just chopped it down and it just was rubbish at the top and as I passed there every day coming home from work I would see a new branch growing right out of the center of it I was like wow you know the fact that this tree won't die and then um and I was just impressed by it. And then one day I came, the whole thing was gone. <laughs> they were like, nah. <laughs> so <laughs> but now they anyway, cut the roots out Yeah, now, right? they, they, they the did everything. Out. But I was so inspired by looking at that branch come back. And, and when this project came about for um, a Katrina piece that was about rebirth and regeneration, I thought about that tree. So that was my um, basis. That's the first thing that popped in my mind because I was so inspired by that little branch trying to continue growing. And so it reminded me of New Orleans. So I used the old oak tree base that I, I created an oak tree base and I had people to come by and um, brand their names in it who had, who was there before Katrina. And um, I stopped it at a certain level and at that level I put blue glass going around it and that represented the New Orleans, the, um, the waters that came through. New Orleans and also the water that came and rinsed it clean afterward. Oh, okay. All of this, you know, when we remember when we came here and it was looking gray and that rain had to constantly come down and wash away all that gray look and bring water and back to the grass and everything like that and revitalize us. And from that the center grew yet another tree right out of from the um the tree that was um tried to be destroyed, which is the old New Orleans. And but we still here. We still grew. And in that tree, there were little pieces of a uh, mirror glass. So anybody who stood in front of that tree would see themselves as a reflection on that tree. And that means that they are here after Katrina to be a part of the regrowth of New, um, New mm -hmm. Orleans or New Orleans East. Like that, that. That, that's once again, that's that when you have to get to yourself and really think. Right. Oh, right. Oh, and okay. But for, but you had to figure out what can I use to represent just and that just after sitting there thinking thinking mm -hmm. you hit that that tree stump came to mind. Mm -hmm. That's There's, what happened. Yeah, then right. You say, the, okay, now what I'm gonna do with the tree stump? What is it about? What is it about that yeah. tree that uh, that inspired me to to watch it every day, to watch it continuously fight every day? And your next one would be now you've done the great of this great. Oh. This, yeah, that's the ones that came next. These were the pieces that were um, to commemorate the on um, Louis Armstrong Park sculpture park. They call it the um, Music Garden, I believe. Okay. Uh, it had a, an original name, and um, um, the mayor at the time, Mayor Ray Nagin, was um, using the the same funding that you know, the mayor today is using the arts fund to create art in the Armstrong Park because so much of the, uh, the the monies have not been going toward the uh, African-American artists and kind of promote the artists. So he decided to use that money to develop that park more because they also is not going to areas that we normally um, go in. But uh, Armstrong Park is one of the last parks that's there that are um, that is left there that has a connection to us as African-Americans who have, um, you know, done so much for this country. And this one of the last spots is in, in, in that park. He decided to create um, different sculptures commemorating different event times and um, things that um, 
that New Orleans is known for. And for me, I created two of the pieces and and this being one of them, this is the maquette, the miniature design that I gave to uh, the mayor to approve of for um, for the park. That? And that is that is the Big Chief Tootie Montana. Big Chief Tootie Montana, Alice Tootie Montana. Did you Alice know him personally? No, I did not. I did not. He was a bad boy. I did not. I went to his house after. You no, know, when I was doing the research and when I met with uh, was his wife, um, with his wife um, and his son, and they gave me a lot of information along with um, you know Daryl, his son, his wife Joycelyn. I don't know the name. Miss Montana. Miss <laughs> Montana gave me. Uh, uh, she gave me you know the shoes. She didn't give it to me. She was showing me the shoes and the outfits and different uh, techniques and things that they would use. And I did research talking to the son and talking to um, Jerome Smith, um, Big Duck, Jerome mm -hmm. Smith. And, uh, you know, with all that, we came up with, uh, you know, his design, his emotion behind what he did. And how, how big is the one, the original statue? Um, the other one? Yes. The other one is 10 feet tall. Originally, it was supposed to be nine feet tall, but once I understood the height of the headdress, we went 10 feet because it had to balance all eight feet. It would have been right here. That just wouldn't have the effect. Okay. So we, we went up another foot to make sure we were able to capture his full length body and then the full length of that headpiece. Now, how long did it take you to do that piece? How long it should have taken me? <laughs> what you mean, should have? You done it? You done it quicker or quicker, it quicker, quicker. I used the time that was allotted. Um, a part of the, getting this project was having experience to be able to create a piece. I have everything in order so that this this piece was put in before the mayor's term was up, and and I, I did that. Um, so how long did it take, take? Well, we had six months. We gave three of those months to the foundry, so we had three months. And Tootie, I gave Tootie two of those months. <laughs> so he was created in two months. And, um, and that's only, you know, you have to have already have that experience, have already gone through a lot of things to be able to produce a piece with that much detail and so much in such a short time. You have to have all your people lined up waiting for you to finish your part. Because when I was still working on his headpiece, I was still doing some details down low. The guy was down there making a mold of the piece. He was painting on the, the um, rubber mold while I was at the top doing the final touches. I was like, not yet, not yet. You know, I was up like this and he was putting on the rubber like and put, putting the mold around it. So, yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah, we didn't have much time, but he um, on the dedication day, he was there. He was installed. And but there was also another piece that which was the six piece brass band. Right. They you was working on that simultaneously? And, yeah, simultaneously. Yes. Uh, so when I got to a certain so, point with this, uh, I was able to go in there and do the d layout for though because they, they all the concept had already been done. So that was the easy that was the hard part, just coming up with the concepts. The labor part becomes um intelligence of the materials that you're using. So we you know, I was able to visualize how what and what needs to be done how it can be done the best most efficient way and take up the certain amount of space that I wanted to take up 
So, uh, so we were able to, and I had a team, I had, uh, I was working with, um, Mike's husband actually was a little bit of an aide, but he was working on his own piece. He had a piece in the park as well, but he was, he helped me a little bit toward the end when it came to the, like find some final details. But, um, Nat Williams, uh, he's a local photographer here and he was a great help to me because he was there from the beginning to the end when I did the welding he did the cleanup behind my welding you got the, you know the weld too he got, you, got the, <laughs> you know he's a bad girl and Ivan Watkins was also one of the aides who uh, helped with putting the clay on and, and um, you know helping to lay out the designs as, as needed when we you know so you, you do all this the statue standing up Yes. Yeah. We. Yeah. Once we built the whole frame and had everything, then it was time to put foam on it and then clay on top of the foam. And so we brought people in as they were needed to be in, and then you know, and so, off. So that, that, that's when it, that's when you got a divorce after that. Because ah! <laughs> 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 you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Buy, you he wouldn't. was there too. Yeah, he but was I there. That, 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 he was there until that was over with. <laughs> <laughs> like woo, that was that was that was a rush. That was a lot of work, and uh, you, so it was wonderful. And you got to get it done. Got to get it done. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. At, at, at that time, you was like, ain't, ain't, no, ain't no way. What you was thinking? Oh, I was just tired. They had pictures of me sleeping in the chair in the studio, but you can't leave the studio because you need to wake up and get some work done. You know, my kids were there. We, we actually brought a basketball, um, the little water field basketball court net thing. Keep it, keep it busy. Yeah, they were in the studio shooting, you know, they can play. And but my son was helping us put the pieces together, um, you know, helping me as so, much as he could. So that's why they don't have no desire for it. They don't ah, have no desire at all. Right? What's that's up? too much like work, huh? She didn't do too much. She was hanging out with my mom. She was entertaining my mom. My mom was there as well. They would sit down, so it, it was a beautiful studio space at all. But it, I, I usually, when I have um, like a large piece like that, I, I rent a studio space that I can just use for that time period because they don't always projects don't always stay around that big that long. So um, the studio spaces are can be expensive. Right. So we use it, and then um, then we come back to our smaller spaces and, and work on ideas and build smaller pieces and stuff like that. Cause that is major. I'm looking at just a, a small rendition of what you did. Yeah. So you're talking about a ten foot. Ten feet. That, Ooh, that have you seen bronze. it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it got some stuff on there. So, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, but there was what? What? Yes. How did the community receive that? When you oh, they, they absolutely loved it. Cause they, they like two anyway. Two right. They were fighting it. They were fighting it at the beginning. The whole project. The fact you know. Again, the community was fighting. The, why would you spend money on this? And again, we have to tell them, you can't spend art money on potholes. You can't do that. You need to have pothole money. You need to have art money. You cannot interchange because these people don't take care of their money correctly. You can't, they can't pull from another pocket. No, this is art money. That's pothole money. Don't mix the two. And, and, we, and we, we don't want to raise your taxes. Right. So, you know, this money has already been allegated. Don't touch it. Hmm. <laughs> So, now this 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 one of your last pieces you did the two did I tell you? Um, but, you, but you've been commissioned to do, and that's what you talked about at uh, the about governor's the, the governor's or the, the black mansion. Caucus, the, the, the governor mansion with the black caucus prayer breakfast. 
You yes. spoke about your next big project coming right, up. Right. Tell us about that project. Oh, oh, I actually have two exciting projects coming two. up. Two exciting once again, you're working two at one, huh? So I appreciate you having time to sit there and talk today, then. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're working on a piece for New Orleans East. So we're working on a piece in New Orleans East. Um, so it's about, see, New Orleans East kind of the stepchild to New Orleans. They, they like to create New Orleans East as the, the worst place they've ever been. That's the newscast. That's the people who want you to keep your money, maintain your money in a certain area of the city. So mm -hmm. if they can say that this place is bad and redline it, then they want you to stay in their area. But as you can see, you're in New Orleans now. Do you feel... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I you know, you feel like no. you're about to be ran over no, I've, I've, I've a drug liked, addict I've is always, about to attack no. you. I've always you know? liked East. East used to have... Used to be jumping back in my day. Yeah, right. this is a, a yeah, really. I, I'm I'm disappointed um, because I, I wish New Orleans would treat New Orleans the way Texas treats Texas area. Texas makes sure they develop each area equally, so that people won't have to cross the river or cross a long distance just to to receive small things um, like grocery stores and stuff like that. Um, they develop each area fully. So everybody can be fully functioning and be productive in their communities. Um, New Orleans is not like that. New Orleans likes to keep their money right up here where they can keep their eye on it. They'll knock mm. down communities and build things up where there's big gaps in spaces where they don't have to knock down a community to build a hospital. There are areas in New Orleans where there's enough space to build the same hospital. If it's a hospital, people will travel to it to do what they have to do because they need to be there. Well, nuance is not like that. So what we're doing is we're doing an initiative. Right now there's an initiative going on that is actually headed by um, Dr. Stella Jones, who is a gallery owner and a former, former medical doctor. Um, but she's also a gallery owner now, I think of 25 years uh, gallery and um, the longest gallery owner in in New Orleans, African-American. She's funded, she's headed the funding for, but there are other contributors, like um, the Arts Council of New Orleans is a part, a part of the funding for that, and then other smaller um, contributors. Uh, but we're, the initiative is to create sculptures and artwork in New Orleans East. So I'm a part of, I'm one of four of the artists who are creating the sculptures that's going in New Orleans East. And um, the other, then we did murals in Joe Brown Park, which are beautiful murals. Yeah. The park is gorgeous. Yes, football fields, two baseball fields, track field, track, track field, track field track tennis courts, yeah. swimming mm -hmm. pools. It's a gorgeous park, and it's been developing, and they've created even more after Katrina. They've put their money there, a lot of money there. But I'm all, um, so the I'm creating a sculpture now that's going in um, New Orleans East on the um, Lake Forest and Wright. And that, to me, that is a community that is a lot of homeowners, African-American homeowners, one of the largest areas of homeowners in, Amer in New Orleans of African-Americans. And uh, so I'm doing something that is a tribute to that. And I'm taking it from the feminine perspective, whereas, um, so the design is going to kind of work into that. It's going to be addressing the ownership of uh, your community. So that's right now, I'm still at the uh, design and, and such and such a level with that one. And also the other piece that we, uh, we were talking about, we were alluding toward, there's a piece that's going to uh, in the state building. And that piece there is, uh, it's a tribute to the African-American soldiers uh, 
and first we were kind of designated, we were kind of keeping it local, Louisiana, but we're, we're opening it up to be a tribute to uh, all African Americans who have contributed in the, um, in the service from uh, our first, uh, I think Hudson River is the one that was our main river, uh, um, uh, Mississippi River, the whole line of Mississippi River and the, and the Civil War. And um, I would like to say the Revolutionary War, but there's kind of a controversy about where we fit in that piece as far as that one. But the, 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 the sculpture itself is just a, a tribute to putting placing tributes where they weren't before, especially especially Louisiana, but it's also open to uh, other branches that's outside of us. Uh, we're gonna be doing tributes to all the branches. I think there's six branches in the service mm -hmm. as well. Um, Trump added the sixth one. Yeah. <laughs> the space. space. Yeah, the space one, yeah. <laughs> space Force. And nobody nobody ever shared what that is yet. So we gotta have the uh uh the Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, they're gonna be a part of it. And uh, we're gonna definitely have a tribute to the first the own the first and only female Buffalo Soldiers is Kathy Williams. Mm. She's gonna be a part of that. Um and um the uh, Red Tails. Um the um Airline, the Air Force, Tuskegee, Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen, Airmen. Okay. yes, uh, the Red Tails. So we're going to be all, all we're going to kind of oh. doing our research and trying to well, add all well, of these on. into. You, you're right here in New Orleans, Louisiana, where they got the World War II Museum. They don't do any, they haven't done anything of this magnitude? They have, they have um, disregarded. <laughs> The, um, the the country the you know we led most of these when when we were allowed to fight for this type of freedoms we were put to go first because you know they're gonna the, 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 the first ones line. to go yeah. so let let them lead yeah. and open the way yeah. right right and what usually wind up happening is you know we're used to fighting so we we know how to survive we're mm -hmm. used to surviving so but you know it, it was a hard war all wars are hard uh, even the first wars were probably the worst because there was no structure for that and lots of people starved you know they got to the point where they were eating rats and so it was a lot of um horror that went on fighting for land and property and people <laughs> So, you know, so hopefully this piece of... So now, you, what you want to bring forward, and is it New Orleans or is the Black Carcass behind this? Uh, this is a state project. It's a state, it's a state project. project, right. So it'll be on the state on ground, Baton Rouge Cape, um, State Capitol. So it'll, it'll, be, be, it'll be at the state capitol? It's going to be at the state capitol. Yeah, you can have a piece yeah. of the state capitol. At the state capitol. Congratulations. That's sweet. That's, no, that's big. That's, that's big. That's more than sweet. That's going to be at the state capitol. Now, mm -hmm. that's, now you got to look. I, I, what I saw that day that you you, you kind of give us a little glimpse, glimpse of what's going to happen. <laughs> and that was pretty colorful, too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So, yeah. But that, that's who we are. We see and the things like <laughs> And the platform is going to be, and it's a pretty big sculpture. I think it's, it should be around um, 10 feet in what? one direction and, and then uh, 8 feet up. 
sort of like that, either 12 by 8 and, by 10. And, 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 so, and now, now what, what, how, what's, what's the name of that piece going to be? Uh, Heritage. Heritage? Mm -hmm. okay. Heritage, yeah. Now, who came up with that term? Uh, I did. Okay. I did. Um, because of what is I'm talking about is the, the time that we have spent here um, in America um, fighting um, to, for freedoms here. And this has become our heritage. Um, this land is now our land, you know. Uh, I was our forefathers, this is the land we're talking about now. Um, you know, of course we go further back than America and before we even go further back than before America had slaves, we were already here. Uh -huh. um, yeah. But you so this land is our land, so this is our heritage as much as anybody yeah, else's. Uh, yeah, if you go back and really start doing the research, most of us all was already we're here. We're already here, you know. <laughs> like everywhere yeah. they go, we, we was already Right, here. the planes we, cracked up and we got caught on one side of the track yeah, or the yeah, other. Yeah, the water yeah. rose and we were either on one side or the yeah. other. You know, you visited family, the water came up, you were there mm -hmm. and here. Matter of know? fact, when I was a little boy, you look like an Indian. Which yeah, one of those tribes? When, when I was a little boy, my grand, all, all the old people, mm -hmm. not some, everybody would always say they're part Indian. <laughs> I mean, that was just a normal thing right, coming right, up. Right, right, But they never would tell us who, which part, which, which part, where was the tribe. Yeah. But everybody would identify as a, as Indian. Mm -hmm. They would, they, they would just. It was a. I mean, everybody. Everybody. All the old people would tell you they was from. Uh, that's funny because everybody look at the DNA now, and they were like, "Oh, Mama said we were Cherokee. There's yeah. no Cherokee on this DNA." But, but, so now, what? When is gonna be the big revealing of this new piece from the, from the from Louisiana State, <laughs> the Louisiana State Capitol? <laughs> any one of us got a, got a piece over there? You the first? I, I, I do believe I would be the first one there. And I think that's the that'll be the first sculpture in any state. Hold on, hold on. You gonna invite me? I'm gonna be your special guest. Yes. Y'all heard that, everybody. Bring your mic. Y'all heard that, right? I'm gonna be your special guest. So all right, then go ahead on. We got that out the way. Go ahead on. Yes. So that there's gonna be an unveiling soon. I think they they want to do in the middle of this month. But, um, I heard June. That's what you said. Yeah, it is June. They but told me June. It's um, so it's still June. <laughs> it's still June. So, so, so we. So you, you finished with it? Finished? Have I begun? No, no. That's not the dedication time. That's the Ooh. announcement of the piece. That was the first time we announced it at the breakfast. Oh. Okay, that was the first yeah. time to the public. So you so were we even started. We have even started. <laughs> we have not started. We're on the concept. -ish. Yeah. And I'm thinking they go. You you don't got you don't show the design. What they No, it, it's gonna probably take about a year. It gonna be next year. Breakfast. Next, breakfast yeah. yeah. So yeah. you haven't even gotten started. I haven't gotten so started. Well, got, I've gotten started, but not physically with the actual piece. Everything mm -hmm. is um you know in the drawing stage and the um measurement stage and the foundation pre preparation stages and stuff like that. Now the guy who spoke said they started looking for an artist to do this great work. They said they already had one right there in their, right in their in, community. In, right there in the front mm. of them. They didn't even know it, realize it. <laughs> now, who was that? Who realized? Who came to you first? Ah, uh, who came to me? Who was the first person to call me? Well, uh, they kind of had to uh, do a little search uh, to find out, you know, who I am. Well, he knew who I was because uh, I'd worked with 
uh, other sculptures before and by him being a, a representative he was always a part of some type of initiative that was going on trying to develop our communities there aren't a lot of uh, artists who create even even now a lot of artists who create actual figurative pieces which which is what we do James so James representative James. duplessis is um actually the one who um royce duplessis who whom i've worked with in the past who was able to um, put my name on the list as of artists who was a possibility to create these pieces. You know, he passed it on, he passed the name on, you know, in the previous work that was done. So I think they're looking for a piece that is actual, visual, uh, understanding. Uh, so when you look at it, it's a figurative piece. You can understand what it's about, what the storyline is. Not much abstract to it. You know, they want the story to be told and understood and not uh, interpreted as it was so you know i mean abstract work is fine i love abstract too but some things that need to be straightforward you, you need to be figuring right. this out right right yeah, right because okay. the other pieces on the land are all straightforward pieces there are no abstracts there's, i think there's one abstract piece out there right. you know i've never been a, a big on art but years ago my first trip i went to africa i went to uh went to egypt mm. when i went to egypt which is in Africa. <laughs> and I saw, first of all, everybody that was on these walls, these temples, looked like us. So I'm saying, how they got this twisted? You know, they got dreadlocks like your daughter. Mm -hmm. It mean, they black, they, you know. And so, you know, I, I was kind of confused about that experience, right? And it took me a while to recover because I was a young man who, didn't expect that. I just wanted to go with Dr. Ben. I heard Dr. I just been hearing about Dr. Ben. I went here. I went to uh, the shrine of the Mag shrine of the Black Madonna in Houston to go hear him speak. Back That's then. where we lived during Hurricane uh, Katrina. Okay, in, yeah. the, in, the, in, in the shrine. Yeah, they opened their doors oh, to us, and we uh, they gave us one of the apartments. No, that was. Well, I went there in the late eighties, I think, to hear him speak. And I went on a trip not anticipating what I was going, was going to get out of this. And it took me way, because I come back mad at the whole system. Because I felt y'all lied, deceived, hoodwinked. And that's what they're afraid of with their children, to teach this. What is, what is this new lesson they want? Oh, you're talking critical about race critical race theory. Critical race theory. That they don't want their kids to be mad. When they find out the truth yeah. about what they done did, what they've done, but you, but you done you stole, pilfered, but you rather us or? be who we are and what what you've done to us, and then we, yeah, oh, yeah everybody yeah, they should yeah, be we, mad. We just a slave they should be mad, that. right? Yeah, because you've been lying to your own children all this time, you know. So I mean, so but when I went up there and and saw the greatness, the, the sculptures, the, 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 the things they called, I'm talking about fifty feet high, like I even. Where you even started? How you gonna carve a mountain into a temple? Where you, where you started? Where you gonna have a carve a mountain out of rock, solid granite rock? I mean, I'm so bad. we so bad people. And I'm looking at you. You, you <laughs> one of the ancestors. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> 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 so, 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 so that was my greatest experience I had that enlightened me on our greatness mm. and who we are. I think it's a great tribute to us as a people to 
because I feel like I'm still standing on the back of others who have struggled so long to get us here. And for me, I guess I don't have a, 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 an end value to what I wanted to do at the end. Um, it's because it's, it's always still developing. You're just working uh, as, as usual. I'm still working and enjoying it. And, and it comes and it just continues to come. I guess for the most part I want um, is, is to leave behind is to show people that love what you do and it's going to reward you. Just keep enduring the good things and it's going to give you your rewards. Try not to choose a path that is, that's not your path. You know, if, it, if you can choose a path that gives you anxiety and anxiousness, you don't want that path. Take the other path. There are so many paths that you can take. Take the one that gives you, you know, give you the honor you should have for yourself. Give you so many things. And then watch the rewards come in. It's going to come in. You can't help but get it. But if you take that other path, you're going to get the reward that's due for that path. If you take the wrong path, you're going to get the rewards that's due for that wrong path. So take the one that's going to give you the, the rewards you want. So basically, Have an idea. Enjoy the path. You know, I think my whole life I've been taking the paths of just relaxed. You know, oh, you want to go and do this with us? And I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes you just know you shouldn't be taking going over there and doing what everybody else is doing because that's their fun. That's their enjoyment. And if it's not yours, then that's probably not where you should be. And you can imagine what you missed out on, you know, mm. doing that. You know, and it, sometimes those, those, right, those paths are scary. You know, I would have never thought I was going to college. I wasn't thinking. And then Xavier University. What? I said, oh, what? Xavier. Anybody else? Anybody else off in the scholarship? Because I was scared of Xavier. I have all the reputation from Xavier. I was just an average student. So all the reputation from Xavier said, don't go to Xavier. I was like, well, Xavier offered the scholarship. I'm going, you know, I'm just going scared. <laughs> I'm just going scared. So I went and, and, you know, you get there and you say, well, once one day at a time, one semester at a time. And before you know it, you're walking across the stage. It's like, wow. You know, and then the same thing happened in life. You just take that one step at a time. You know, if you get a, a great opportunity you should take it because you have, you received it for a reason. You know, you were preparing for it, even though your mind might not have been ready for it, you know, but, but you've been preparing for it. No one's going to give you something that you hadn't been preparing for anyway. So you should take it. Well, you're hearing the word of a wise young lady, <laughs> and I'm just, with the word enthralled, mm. and just excited yeah. just to be here in your presence. And I'm Thank really, you. I'm truly, truly honored. But you know, <laughs> but you did such a great job with, with that last comment and statement about, you know, that that'd be good for my children, your children, and the children that they need to hear this. Mm -hmm. uh, so our community right now is going through a whole lot, mm -hmm. and a lot of and what you said is that they don't know the path. They're looking for, mm -hmm. you know, they, I, I truly believe a lot they of the young people are really, yeah, really They don't looking. know how to choose it. It's all in front yeah. of them. It's but like, they, oh. But, they don't, but, you know, but it's but unfortunately it's so. just destruction. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the path or the, the picture been painted to them. That's all they know. Right. And I know a lot of them. My son, I interviewed my son a few weeks ago, and he made one of the best comments. He said, uh, the children, the young people, a lot of them are just in the survival mode. Right. And, and you, with you. You put, a, you put a child in that mode, they don't know nothing else. They just want to come out of it. So is there anything else that this, my sister, the Queen Shalene from the East? <laughs> 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 That's for real, huh? 
Yeah, so it's a small city, I tell yeah, you. It's from a small the east, city. Though, from the east, that's where every great thing come out of the east. Yeah, I'm that's where the sunrise every morning. Every morning. Yes. Oh, this is. Oh, I'm glad okay. you looked over here. This is a national conference of artists. Uh, this is an organization I belong to, and this is a. Um, uh, the latest catalog that we put out for an exhibition we just recently yeah. uh, host at Ashea Community Center, Powerhouse. Yeah, oh, neat. I guess that's my copy. There you go. Yeah, that's a better copy. Where are you at? Right there. Oh, that's one of your work. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's, the, there, that's the piece over there. Yeah. Oh, all right, then. It's the same corner. I think no, this is no, at the no, gallery. No, this was no, at Stella what, Jones's gallery at the time. Explain that piece. Um, this piece is called Crown of Glory, Crown and Glory, Crown and Glory. So it's basically talking, um, so it's a, a female figure and she's has a crown of locks, dreadlocks, of oh, locks. Okay. I usually don't use the word dread on it, I just say locks. Okay. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so the, the the exhibit itself talked a lot about um, it was about the search for God. So I did a lot of images, a lot of symbolism inside of it that talked about um, different types of religion and God, like the Ankh here, um, the Haitian or African, um, the beads that they they wear mm -hmm. for different worshiping um, characters. So. Um, well, mostly it was about the fact that the crown is made of um, locks and they're painted in gold. So, oh so you know, that was my, my main piece. Now, now, how, what know? inspired this piece? Uh, I think it, it was just, I like to reflect. Uh, like I said, like I said, I always like to have a reflection. People look at it and see a reflection of um, strength and beauty in, in something that they're looking at. Um, like the young man I have here, as dark as his is, it's called Illuminate. So it's talking, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so it's talking about what's from within reflecting outward, you know. So it's not necessarily a reflection of his color, but I want you to, you're going to see that first. And then, then you're going to see the name Illuminate, which means that, uh, you know, yeah. this this light is coming from within. Yeah, that's what they say. Great is he that is in me. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. I like that. Thank you. Now, there was a piece. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. No, no. You got this piece that I saw that is really, it's a beautiful piece. And like you can see, it's it's a mirror of two of the same people. Uh, uh, oh, was that mine? <laughs> was it? I don't know where was it. It's like it's like a female with, a, and it's like a. It looked the same one here and the one on this side. That was yours. I don't know where did you see it. I saw it in your woman call. In this house? No, no. When I was looking for your. Uh, looking oh, okay. Yes. Uh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. That was in the exhibition, and that was actually a play on 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 the photograph. So I took one my image and mm -hmm. I just flipped it over. So they were facing each other. It almost looked like wings yeah. with the hair going up. But it yeah. looked like you too. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about sculpture. When yeah. you're when you're creating sculpture and you're not looking directly at a person, it's gonna look like you <laughs> because you're gonna look and say, Oh, let me see how oh, that's how a nose goes. And oh, then wind up looking back yeah. like, Yeah, you know. 
So is is it really important to have a model? Because if you don't have a model, you, you that's you, that's what you do. It's gonna slip into being you because you know cheekbones. Oh, they have cheekbones. You gotta put them to cheekbones. And eventually, it's gonna wind up looking very similar to yourself. <laughs> so it's 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 important to have a, a model. Oh, so that's so somebody. I can't get mad anymore when I hear when Michelangelo did the 16th chapter. And everybody looked like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jesus looked like yeah, him. Every, yeah, you know, you study the features that you can have access to. So I can't get mad at Mike. <laughs> you can't get mad at Mike. So, look, I saw someone, they did a sculpture of a pope that we had down here, not a pope, a pastor down here. And I looked at the sculpture, and everybody, it was on in the newspaper and everything. I took a clipping out of it, I had to cut it out. I was like, this looked just like the man who made it. It doesn't look anything. I remember how this man looked. He was at the white hair pastor. He was gorgeous. He was a cute little old man. But this piece looked just like the artist. And I'm like, nobody else noticed this piece looked like the artist. He was standing with his hand on it. I was like a self-portrait. I couldn't believe it, how much. But that's the same thing I thought when I saw that. Good thing I didn't give it anybody else's name. I just left it. Oh, you didn't give it a name? No, no. It was inspired by another piece that was, our works there at that time was inspired by a piece that she had in her collection already. So by an artist named um, Artist Lane. So she had a small bust of a female with these strong bone features. So I know my family has it a lot. So I used one of my family members as a um, foundation for my piece because I want to be able to not look at myself. Right. <laughs> so I went to a family member. You don't because, look alike. Yeah, you got so, one look just know, like you. Huh? So it wound up coming right back to me again. So. But, so, but when you saw it, you realized it looked like you? No, everybody told me. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know how we look. And that's the problem, part of the problem. Because many, many times I've walked up to people and I swear this person, wow, I said, wow, that guy looks just like me. Doesn't even remind me. He like he can be brother and sister. And somebody else will look and say, that's not how you look. <laughs> that's I was like, true. really? Uh, that's true. We don't that's uh, how I think I look, uh, you know, uh, but other uh, people see something else. And that's, that's so true. It happens all the time. Yeah. Wasn't me at all. That, that wasn't your intention. That wasn't my intention. That wasn't your intention. But everybody already <laughs> told you, you look you like know. you. Yeah. And, that, and with that one, I think that was when I first used that little smirk look like a little, you can't, you didn't see it from the front, but from the front it's like a, <laughs> and see the one that she had, it was a strong face. Uh, and it made a statement at that time about the strength of women. And for mine, with the little smirk on the side of the face, what it meant is um, attitude now. Oh, now we got yeah. strength and voice, oh, you know, yeah. so. Then that, mm -hmm. that came straight from you too, right? That was strength and faith. Mm -mm. I had my, my sister to impose that. She wasn't very good. She ended I really wanted to cock it up. <laughs> but it's hard to do that because you got you got to capture what's there. Right. If you attempt to do anything else, you can mess it up or something. No, well, um, yeah, right. You have to make sure that it works with your muscles, the way the muscles move. And, and the face is very, is, is the face by itself is as complex as doing the whole body. Well, this has been a, a, a absolutely wonderful interview. Thank you very much. Oh, I really no. appreciate it. Uh, it's nice. You, 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 you've taken a different route than um, just me talking about you know, certain things. So you've, you've uh, you brought out some more information <laughs> <laughs> that I have probably laid dormant in there somewhere. But oh, it was good. Okay. Thank you. But that's what is all. That's what Count Time is all about. Mm -hmm. And we want, you, we want you to we want to hear your story. <laughs> but we appreciate you. Uh, this is a truly special occasion for me for count time to have 
She's ahead of her time, everybody. And you're going to be hearing a whole lot more about her. But we just thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and allowing me to come in up here to New Orleans to the Queen Shalene from the East. She live in East New Orleans, right? <laughs> New Orleans East. <laughs> New, New Orleans East. Well, we thank you for coming out. and uh, We do a Living Legends, living legends mm -hmm. segment. And, uh, and also we do what we call Did You Know? Mm. And you know you do all that ad more, so I don't know what to call this. What it is? <laughs> so you are you are someone who you're very unique. Very few in our community uh, on this level doing the things that you are doing. So it's really special, mm. to, uh, Dave, to be here with you to share this moment in time and space. Well, thank you. And I'm a school. I'm a teacher at university, um, Xavier University now. I'm teaching. Are you teaching? There. Yes, I'm teaching oh. over there now. I taught 23 years in the public school system. Um, while while doing this work, and um, <clears throat> and now I'm faculty at Xavier University, and I'm hoping to get more artists, you know, opportunities to learn how to do this and build it. So you took John Scott's place. Um, well, I'm one thing? of the teachers. Yeah, I'm one of the sculpture teachers. One, it's two of us right now. So yeah. Right. So, so, now, so you need to continue working in. On your art too, then. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, so find the other facilities ways. and yeah, and then um, even more direct way of um, you know impacting um, young artists because it was good in the public school system, but they still have to now go to the next level. So now I'm at the other level where they would have had to be, and so, so hoping now, to so now inspire I gotta, more. I got to add Professor. Queen Charlene Jones. <laughs> that's a whole lot. That's a, that's a whole lot for, for you. Got for it. You got it. So how long you been at back at Xavier? Uh, I think this is my third year. Third year. Third or fourth yeah. year, something like that. Yeah. And so Started. I can tell you really enjoyed it. Too. I do. I do. Well, I really enjoy teaching. I really enjoy sharing information. That was, you know, what we have always done. And Xavier, uh, you know, motto for um, Professor Scott. It was to pass it on, and you know that's what we all come out just trying to give as much information as possible, so that at any point you can take your career and start running and developing mm -hmm. it as you go. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm looking to interview the president, the former president of Xavier, uh, Francis, Dr. Francis. <laughs> He's right there. It's my homeboy. He's uh, from Lafayette. He, uh, he oh, really? Lafayette. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm hoping to catch him one day and get his story. Oh, yeah. He has he has a book coming out. Oh, oh I ain't gonna be to get story. him now. If you got a book nah. coming out, it's gonna be. But my niece finished up a couple of years ago, and Xavier did a got her ready for medical school. Matter of fact, she's in New York now in medical school, thanks to Xavier University. Mm -hmm. Her name is Angela. Angel. And uh, so Angel, because of you know because of Xavier's why mm -hmm. she's where she is now. Right, you, right. Not, you didn't join the sororities? No, no. I was on the basketball team. Uh, I was happy. We had our. I was our own crew, you oh, yeah, know. Yeah, so. that, that's what I tell people. You know, when yeah. you play sports, you, 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 you yeah. your own organ, your own right, right. Very, very few yeah. of them jump out and, and actually go. But sometimes we get some people who actually want to be a part of sorority, maybe because of family ties or something. Mm -hmm. But um, usually, we're we're very content. <laughs> All right, then. just being with each other. We're two and a half hours later. We're gonna shut this thing down. Uh, we thank Professor <laughs> Queen Chalene Jones <laughs> for this wonderful, this awesome interview and being here today. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> Make and shackle the hand. 
man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.